Welcome back to San Francisco Legislative Outlook, the weekly program that provides you with an update on the latest decisions made by our elected officials. I'm T.J. Hunt. And I'm Jennifer Lowe. On Monday, October 20th, the Land Use and Economic Development Committee considered adopting more restrictive interim controls on residential developments over 20 units and new commercial or retail developments over 50,000 square feet on both sides of the Southern 19th Avenue corridor. The item was referred to the full board meeting on October 28th. And one of the things that I think is so, so important about um, local government and involving neighbors is the process that we go through to notify people about potential changes to the quality of life in their neighborhoods so that they can take action if it makes sense. We also want to make sure that the noticing requirements for conditional uses um, are more than 10 days. We'd like to at least have a little more time. We ran into that with uh, another project in our neighborhood where um, a conditional use was required. We were given 10-day notice over a holiday weekend, and we only had a few days to respond, and that's not enough time. So we want to make sure that that's included as well. Also on Monday, the Land Use Committee held a hearing with representatives from the Planning Department, Municipal Transportation Agency, and the City Attorney's Office to discuss the bike plan injunction, which has prevented implementation of the City's bike plan and to discuss bike safety issues. The injunction requires the City to complete an environmental impact report before implementing the bike plan. Completion of the environmental report has been moving slowly much to the frustration of the city's bicycling community. As we rebuild and reopen libraries, we should be putting the parking back for bicycles. So I invite this committee and the whole board to keep watching the excessive caution that the, the city agencies are, are uh, bringing to this question. We could and should be doing more for bicycles even now under the injunction. There's really no excuse. Have, we, have you ever considered or have we ever talked about maybe making um, like a west, east, south, north um, street or at least a, a full lane, I mean, so that people could bike and transfer. So, I mean, I think there would be more bicyclists if we did that, even if it were, um, even if we did it like say from 7 to 10, you know, in the, in the morning or from, yeah, or from uh, 3 to 5 or 3 to 6. On Tuesday, October 21st, the full Board of Supervisors once again considered whether to create a need-based local housing subsidy for homeless families. When the Board previously considered the item on October 7th, Supervisor McGoldrick was absent and the vote was 5 to 5, with Supervisors Alioto Peer, Chu, Dufty, Ellsburn, and Maxwell voting against the plan. In an apparent display of good sportsmanship, the Board unanimously agreed to rescind the vote and continued the item to this week so that Supervisor McGoldrick could have a chance to weigh in on the proposal. Unfortunately, for the proposal's advocates, Supervisor McGoldrick also voted against the measure, which killed it. Also on Tuesday, the full board held a hearing on the impacts of the economic crisis on San Francisco and the development of a blueprint for economic recovery. The reports from the city's controller and the mayor's budget staff indicated that the city is doing better than much of the country, but the local economy is still shaky. We know that the first, we know information for the first nine months of calendar 08, and we know that generally we saw, we did see employment growth and wage growth during that period of time. The question here is what do we expect to happen for the last three months of the year? It seems to us at this point that we can expect continued growth in business taxes versus the year before, but the rate of growth is likely to be slower or lower than 5.7%. Can you explain in the plainest possible terms for non-economists 
why this is so crucial to the functioning of the kind of economy we have, um, why it is that businesses uh, cannot uh, last very long without a credit line, et cetera, et cetera. Can, can you help people that? Because people still don't get that. They think it's out there somewhere on another planet. You know, maybe the best way to think about it uh, is to think about it as if it was individuals. And think about how often you use your credit card, and if every time you wanted to use your credit card, it didn't work. That's a credit crisis. You may need to get used to that fact because what people are saying is consumer credit is the next big part of this credit crunch. Um, but there are many, many businesses that simply don't have enough cash on hand to make the purchases they need, to make payroll, to, to secure the inventory that they need to run their business in an efficient way. On Wednesday, October 22nd, the Budget and Finance Committee considered an ordinance finding a compelling public policy basis for expediting the processing and review of permits for seismic retrofit upgrades of soft story wood frame buildings and waiving permit processing fees for seismic retrofit upgrades. At the meeting on Wednesday, October 22nd, the Land Use and Economic Development Committee considered an item establishing a uniform procedure for enforcement of blight-related provisions of existing municipal code sections and to provide for additional definition of blight conditions. The item was referred to the full board meeting on October 28th. Also on Wednesday, the Land Use Committee held a hearing on the feasibility of retrofitting Morant's Potrero Electric Power Plant. The resolution opposing renewal of the wastewater discharge permit was referred to the full board meeting on October 28th. On Thursday, October 23rd, the Rules Committee considered an ordinance from Supervisor Amiano to revise the city's noise control regulations, add administrative penalties, and create a noise task force. The item was continued ambient noise, background noise, community levels of noise. And we are a dense city. We have a, a, a lot of traffic. We have people living in proximity to each other and lots of uses. This is part of our, our, you know, noise is part of our vibrant community. But the fact is our background noise levels for most of San Francisco are above health-based standards established internationally. Um, what does that mean? It means that the background level of noise is already causing problems like uh, heart disease, impairments of children's uh, learning, uh, of hypertension. So it makes the control of both the background noise and all of this other noise very, very important because we're already starting from a very poor place in terms of uh, uh, noise and health. Supervisor Peskin's ordinance requiring registration and disclosure by persons who lobby any of several city staff persons with the planning and building inspection departments regarding permits, parcel maps, or subdivision tract maps was also considered by the Rules Committee. The item was forwarded to the full board with recommendation. A move by Supervisor Amiano to establish a voting systems task force comprised of individuals with backgrounds in good government, the computer industry, election administration, and accommodations of persons with disabilities was forwarded to the full board with recommendation. Now, a report on the mayor's activities this week. On Monday, October 20th, Mayor Gavin Newsom announced an economic stimulus package for San Francisco. The mayor's goals for the package is to encourage local spending, reduce the cost of doing business in San Francisco, accelerate capital spending, and increase foreign investment. So we are today uh, wanting to give you an update of where we think we are vis-a-vis -vis where we thought we would be 90 days ago, where we are vis-a-vis -vis the realities of the last few weeks and relationship or in relationship to the meetings we're having. 
uh, and what the next steps are for our budget and in terms of trying to stimulate and grow our local economy. The mayor advocated the following ideas. Accelerate capital projects, such as the Terminal 2 rebuild at SF International Airport, the SF General Rebuild, the Transbay Transit Center, Hope SF, and the rebuild of the Hall of Justice. Increase foreign investment by establishing San Francisco as the premier gateway between Chinese businesses and North America. A delegation of San Francisco officials will go to China in November to set up a China desk to attract businesses to San Francisco. Reduce the cost of doing business in San Francisco by reviewing fees on businesses, helping local businesses take better advantage of federal, state, and local tax credit programs, and implementing ta targeted tax incentives. Keep dollars local by creating more local jobs through CityBuild and other workforce programs, expanding San Francisco tourism, marketing more regionally, revising parking and transit policies to make it easier to visit San Francisco, expanding neighborhood marketplace initiatives and business improvement districts, including the new tourism improvement district, reducing retail leakage with the Shop Local campaign, and increasing funding for business attraction and retention efforts. That we want to put San Franciscans to work, that we're going to strengthen and uh, become more aggressive in terms of our first source hiring goals uh, and enforcement, uh, and making sure that that stimulus, again, is creating jobs for San Franciscans and not bringing people with respect. I'd like to help everybody, but my job as mayor is to focus on the city uh, to make sure those jobs aren't necessarily being imported. Also on Monday, October 20th, Mayor Newsom and the Chief Minister for Kanataka State met via video conference to officially finalize the creation of a San Francisco-Bangalore sister city relationship and to witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding between the two cities. The mayor commented that Bangalore and San Francisco have emerged as world hubs in the fields of information technology, biotech life sciences, and other cutting-edge industries. Today, the majority of the world's people live in cities. There are tremendous opportunities to share expertise and work together towards a sustainable urban future, he said. The mayor's office reports that the agreement will strengthen ties between two cities and promote greater cultural understanding, infrastructure development, economy investment, university research and exchanges, best practices, sharing tourism development, and information exchange. Bangalore is San Francisco's 15th sister city and the first created under Mayor Newsom's administration. Starting on January 1st, 2009, San Francisco's lowest paid workers will get some relief against rising gas, food, and utility costs. The San Francisco Office of Labor Standards Enforcement announced this week that the city's minimum wage of $9.36 per hour will be adjusted to $9.79 per hour, effective January 1st, 2009. The minimum wage ordinance passed by San Francisco voters in November 2003 calls for annual rate adjustments based on the previous year's consumer price index for urban wage earners in the San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose metropolitan area. The national minimum wage now stands at $6.55 per hour. It will rise to $7.25 per hour in July 2009. The state of California's minimum wage is $8 per hour. That's all for this week's report on the mayor's activities. For more information on the mayor's office, check out sfgov.org slash mayor. Now here's what's coming up next week with the Board of Supervisors.
On Monday, October 27th, the Government Audit and Oversight Committee will consider a declaration of intention to form a tourism improvement district and levy a multi-year assessment on identified hotel businesses in the district. If approved by the committee, the item will be before the full board on Tuesday. The committee will also hear a report from the Blue Ribbon Panel on the future of St. Luke's Hospital. A lot of big issues will be before the Land Use and Economic Development Committee on Monday, October 27th. The committee will examine an ordinance from Supervisor Alieto Pier that would require the activation of closed captioning during video events in a park, open space, zoo, or other outdoor recreation area. They will also consider Supervisor McGoldrick's ordinance to impose a five-year limit on sidewalk flower vending stand permits and establishing a lottery process for subsequent permit issuance for the stands. Also for Supervisor McGoldrick is an ordinance prohibiting wooden fixed utility ladders on residential buildings. The item was previously considered in committee and then referred to the Building Inspection Commission, which voted to approve the ordinance. Another item before the Land Use and Economic Development Committee on Monday was Supervisor Maxwell's ordinance requiring that steam or fossil fuel power plants in mixed-use zoning districts obtain conditional use authorization. Two items from Supervisor Peskin will also be considered by the Land Use Committee. One would prohibit form formulae retail uses in the Chinatown mixed-use districts. The committee will also deliberate on Supervisor Peskin's Slope Protection Act that would create procedures to review and make recommendations on permit applications for property within certain areas of the city and require mandatory denial of permits unless the applicant can provide substantial documentation that there exists sufficient infrastructure to support the proposed residential development and that the proposed emergency access routes meet established standards. The item may be sent to the full board as a committee report for consideration on October 28, 2008. Also on Monday, a resolution from the mayor authorizing an agreement relating to the retrofit of Potrero Power Plant will be considered. And finally, the Eastern Neighborhoods Area Plan is on the Land Use and Economic Development Committee's agenda on Monday and at another meeting on Wednesday, October 29th. On Tuesday, October 28th, the City Operations and Neighborhood Services Committee will consider a resolution urging the San Francisco Unified School District to reconsider the current school assignment system for K-12 admissions and place greater emphasis on geographic considerations for school assignments. The City Operations and Neighborhood Services Committee will also consider Supervisor McGoldrick's ordinance to prohibit any new advertising signs on street furniture and to prohibit new general advertising signs visible to the public on the exterior of city-owned buildings. On Tuesday, October 28th, the full Board of Supervisors will consider a plan to authorize landlords to pass through to tenants 50% of increased water and sewer rates. The full Board will also ponder a prohibition on the sales of tobacco products on property owned by or under the control of the City and County of San Francisco. A resolution urging the State of California to amend the Vehicle Code to raise fines for counterfeiting or misusing disabled parking placards. The resolution also urges the state to strengthen the criteria for disabled parking placards eligibility and require photo identification of disabled placard users on the placard. Interim controls for new residential developments over 20 units 
or for new commercial or retail developments over 50,000 square feet near the southern 19th Avenue corridor will be considered, as well as an ordinance establishing uniform procedures for enforcement of blight-related violations. A resolution opposing renewal of wastewater discharge permit for Morant's Petrero Power Plant and urging the San Francisco Bay Regional Water Quality Control Board to decline to issue a permit extension will be considered by the board. Hi, this is Bill Dillon with the SFGTV Community Calendar. Friday, October 31st is the last Friday of the month, and that means critical mass at 5.30 p.m. Starts at Justin Herman Plaza between Embarcadero Bart and the Ferry Building. If you're on a bike, go have fun. If you're in a car, steer clear. And October 31st is also Halloween. The San Francisco Halloween Festival celebrates the city's unique and rich culture with an all-inclusive arts festival and celebration of the living, the dead, and the fall harvest season. AT&T Park's Lot A will be transformed into a vibrant scene of music, dance, and performance art. It's from 4 p.m. to midnight, and 4 to 8 is family festival time with a pumpkin pie eating contest and costume contest. You can register in advance or on the day of the event. Registration is open on a first-come, first-served basis to the first 400 people. And also on Friday, friendly pets and their playful humans are invited to compete in the Argonaut Hotel's second annual Halloween Doggy Costume Contest. This frolic for fame will take place on the hotel's cannery courtyard, located adjacent to the hotel. Prizes will be awarded for the most original, funniest, and most scary costumes, as well as the best dog and human pair. Contestants are encouraged to make a donation to the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in lieu of an entry fee. The Argonaut Hotel will match all donations collected. That's October 31st from 3 to 4 p.m. at the Argonaut Hotel, 495 Jefferson Street at Fisherman's Wharf. Then on Saturday, it's orchestral music and art of the 1930s on Treasure Island. The Mill Valley Philharmonic presents the Works Progress Administration, Orchestral Music and Art of the 1930s. It's sponsored by the Treasure Island Development Authority. Celebrate the 75th anniversary of the signing of the New Deal and the history of your own community by attending a free concert, orchestral music, and or dramatic narration in a WPA building. The program includes works by Aaron Copeland, Samuel Barber, George Frederick McKay, Ernst Bacon, and narration by Liam Vincent. It's at 2 p.m. in Building 1, 410 Avenue of the Palms, Treasure Island. On Sunday, check out BookFest 2008. Celebrate the best of today's Jewish literary landscape at this popular annual event. Discover the hottest new Jewish authors and get lost in an entire day of books. It's Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. at the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco, 3200 California Street. Check out jccsf.org for more information. Then at 7 p.m., it's the San Francisco Day of the Dead procession and outdoor altar exhibit to celebrate the Mesoamerican holiday Dia de los Muertes, or Day of the Dead. Thousands of San Francisco families, community members, neighbors, artists, activists, and youth will join a procession at 24th Street and Bryant Street. The procession will end at Garfield Park, where local artists have been commissioned to build community altars for the public display. The theme for the Festival of Altars is Crossing Borderlines, celebrating the journey that many diverse people have undertaken to call San Francisco home. Members of the community are encouraged to bring offerings to place on the altars. Candles, photographs, bread, other foods, flowers, toys, and other symbolic offerings for people that have passed away. Sunday at 7 p.m., Garfield Square Park, 26th and Harrison. Check out dayofthedeadsf.org for more. And that's the SFG TV community calendar. Get out there and have some fun. Thanks, Bill. 
Well, that's all for this week's show. For SFGTV, I'm Jennifer Lowe. And I'm C.J. Hunt. Tune in every week for the latest on your local government.